I think a lot of owners slash entrepreneurs, they think that they have to solve all the problems themselves because you know, of their title, their title is owner or president or CEO, CEO, whatever fancy title they want to give themselves. And, and that's just not my mentality. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited today to have Drew with us because he's going to share some, some really unique wisdom with us. Drew, will you tell us who you are and what problem do you like to solve? Yeah, Todd, thanks for welcoming me to the show. Excited to be on it. Uh, I love all the content and the value you put out there to your listeners. My name is Drew McWilliams, and my wife, Jennifer, and I are the founders of Ivy Brook Academy, which is a children's preschool, and it is the ninth largest uh, child care company in the United States. It's amazing. It's amazing. How many kids have you got? So we've got, uh, we are now uh, up to 86 locations that are either open or under development, which is the uh, fancy word to say either they're under construction or searching for property right now. And uh, we are located in 17 different states. Congratulations. That is so awesome. And and, and tell us about the model. I mean, you say kids, childcare, education. What is this really? Like, what, what are you aiming for? What problem are you trying to solve here? Yeah, great, great question. Uh, you know, I never grew up or went to school and said, hey, I want to be a franchisor when I grow up. So that was never <laughs> kind of the, uh, uh, the thought process. They don't teach process. that very so, often. Yeah. No, no, they don't, they don't teach that very often. So um, just to kind of give uh, kind of the audience a little background and kind of connect the dots of kind of how we got to where we are today. Uh, my wife and I are both college sweethearts from the uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. We uh, graduated from college. My wife uh, has degrees in in elementary education and my degrees are in business. So I went the business route and did marketing and management and then have a minor in real estate and uh, started out in real estate actually at age 19. I knew real estate was kind of my passion, loved houses and loved buildings. And I love that everyone is completely unique and different. Uh, Graduated uh, from, from college and moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, where we reside uh, for the last 23 years. And my wife was a first grade teacher and I was in residential real estate sales. And my wife came home one day and said, I've got this calling to work with younger children. And uh, we were in our mid twenties, had no no children at the time. And uh, the internal joke that I've got to tell you before you ever get in front of her is uh, <laughs> allegedly I said, how can you work with younger students? You're a first grade teacher. Uh, little did I know this whole world of preschool education existed out there for, for, for awesome. little guys and, and girls. Yeah. And um, on our honeymoon, we we started Ivy Brook Academy. I we were on an airplane on the way to our honeymoon, on the way to Hawaii, and you know the uh, uh, stewardess uh, comes comes through the cabin and gives everyone you know soft drink and a little cocktail napkin. And I right. gave my wife that cocktail napkin. I said, "All right, you've been talking about starting a preschool." Here's a cocktail napkin and a pen. What would it look like? Wow. And she roughly drew the blueprint for what is our first school. Yeah. And we came back from a honeymoon. I gave it to an architect and I said, build my wife her dream. And <laughs> kind of the rest, the rest is history. And that was 17 years ago. Wow. Wow. You are a true romantic. I mean, seriously, on your honeymoon flight, on your way to the honeymoon, you're talking business with your wife. That's amazing. Talking business. So I've I've been, yeah, I've been been married for 19 years. Our business has been open for 17 and a half. So, you know, we took about a year and a half to Congrats. build it, grow it kind of behind the scenes before it actually 
the brick and mortar location open, but I've been married for uh, as it. long as I've been in business with my spouse. And uh, it's been, a, it's been it. a remarkable journey and ride. Wow. So 17 years, 80, how many locations? So we've got 86 locations. We currently sit, um, you know, we're in Q4 of 2023 at the time of this podcast. I've got 34 locations yeah. open. So I got to look at my cheat sheet. You know, I've got 53 that are under development, which means they're either under construction or awesome. uh, in the process of a real estate search. Okay. So you sound very familiar. This story is sounding very familiar to other franchisors I've talked to where it takes a few years to dial in the model of replication and, and marketing of that replicatable process. Will you walk us through that a little bit? Because I think a lot of people are so curious about franchises, how they start and how they get rolling. How long was it diving in to that first location that you decided, you know what, let's do a second, let's do a third. Like, what did that look like? Yeah, I mean, great question. I mean, this is this is growth and scaling. So let's talk about, you know, right. how do you go from, let's do you it. know, plan A to plan B and connect the dots, right? So how do you right, go from right. one location to 86? And that that's probably, you know, the the biggest the biggest question uh, that a lot of yeah. people ask me as well. So we opened one location. Uh, we were very blessed that we were successful day one. Uh, you know, cool. thought we had lightning in a bottle. So we're, we decided to to do it again. And not only did we do it again, we actually opened up in uh, 2010 during the financial recession. I think yeah, our family almost year. disowned us. They thought that was absolutely crazy to double down in a, in a hard market. And that was probably the one of the best decisions. Every every Good. time every time market conditions shift and people make emotional decisions, yeah. I'm gonna take advantage of them every single time. And I've done that in two markets right now. Nice, with nice. Financial crisis and, and, and pandemics and ready to Good do it a you. third time, heaven forbid, if that ever, if that, if that ever happens. Open it a second location than you think. and, and that. that's where we really, <laughs> yeah, right. That's where we really were for, for 10 years. We had two brick and mortar locations and we really thought that that was our, our destiny. We did that for 10 years. Great, awesome. great, you know, uh, life for our family had, had children at that time. And it was really our customers that were telling us that we needed to grow and we needed to scale. That was not our desire. That's it was not awesome. money motivated. It was not. It was not vanity for, for having more Ivy Brook Academies sure, on the map sure, around the sure. country, but it was truly our customer basis that, and that, where were that these did first that for two us. At? And were these then it was trying to figure out, you know, no, we're in Charlotte. So we, Charlotte. we okay, moved, okay. we moved to Charlotte um, gotcha. after we graduated and, and that's where our basis. So we're in Charlotte, North Carolina is where our first two headquarters awesome. uh, were and kind of branched out, branched out from there. And, uh, then we, we, it was, it was slow at first. We decided to stay in the Carolinas and, yeah. and one of our best employees said, I'll be the first one. And awesome. then, and then we had, you know, a friend and family said, I'll be, I'll be number two. And, and then we just kind of grew organically within the Carolinas, just word of mouth, not really spending any money on marketing. And, and this is we in grew 2020 organically or is this, for two years. You, you said, you said that you were there. This with is, two we started. Yeah, we started selling franchises in 2017. Okay, so that's right when on. we that's when we first sold. So 2017 to 2019, really, I mean, we sold maybe maybe three. Right, I mean, it was just and that, and, and that felt friends like and family deals. That, that felt really fast. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was it felt it, in employees and it felt a little it, it that seemed at that time you know opening the first two or three franchises 
felt like a lot more hectic right now than sitting at 86, believe That's it or not. So, so you don't know what you don't know. And, totally. Uh, no one tells you how to be a franchisor. So, uh, you know, surrounding yourself with really good team and, you know, really smart people. Um, and I don't ever in mind admitting I'm not the smartest person in the room, <laughs> uh, but I'm the smartest person to hire people that are that are better and more it. educated than me and help me get to where I need to be for helping the, you know, totally in the whole group. Just a few seconds to let you know about a project that we've been putting together for the last several months and we're finally launching it called the Captain's Council. You see, as a CEO or operator of a business, it can feel like you get stuck in your own head a lot of the time. You get challenges that you don't know how to resolve. You get people causing problems in your leadership team that you don't know how to resolve. And it's so hard to overcome those things by yourself. You don't have to anymore. Join the Captain's Council. Captain's Council is a group of other CEOs and operators and owners of businesses where we come together once a month for several hours to discuss the biggest challenges you're facing. You express to the council of eight to 10 people about what's going on. Where do you feel stuck? And these other people are in the same boat as you. They're running and operating their own businesses. They're your peers. They help you kind of dissect what's happening and help you see things that you may not have seen all by yourself. If you don't have a good, strong network of people around you, come join the Captain's Council. This is gonna be something that will change the way you run your business and open your eyes to opportunities that you have never seen without the help of your peer group. Come check it out, captainscouncil.com. I love it, I love it. Okay, so so here you are. I'm just trying to backtrack here because it's a fun story. I, I love stories like this. So, so you dive in, on the honeymoon, build that first location when you get back, took a year and a half to kind of get it all to fruition. Boom, you're yeah. in it, you're, you're playing with it. And then all of a sudden your second location and seven years later, you're like, hey, I think this could be franchisable. You start to move it with some friends and family and then 2020 hits and you decide we're, we're doubling down on growth and scaling the, of the franchise. Like what's happening here? Yeah, so we really decided to hit the national button. And uh, nice. we we really surround ourselves with with smart people. If I'm allowed to give you know recognition to the people who have helped get us to where we are, hired amazing amazing franchise consultants. There's there's this amazing you know niche of consultants out there, and everyone has their opinion of, of consultants. Yeah, I had great experience, and awesome. hiring people to that I don't know, and I hired a company called SMB franchise advisors. Steve cool. Bagelman has been truly a godsend to me and cool. and, and my wife. And it, it's a company that helps takes people's concepts and turns them into legit franchise companies that Love can it. scale. And, and until we found them, uh, and then until we found a company that helped us, you know, be able to market ourselves and sell ourselves. And that's called Brand One right. Franchise Development. And then, and an amazing friend and partner called Jason Barclay. I mean, they those two people really, I mean, helped get us from, you know, I'll call it two locations to 86 locations. And, love I, and I couldn't have done it without them. Love it. Love it. Now, obviously, uh, I love to emphasize the fact that you brought in some people who knew what they were doing and you started pinging people and saying, hey, man, I don't know everything. Help me out here. Where am I missing? Where am I missing this connection between here and 86? Right? Yeah. 
like a lot of founders have a hard time coming to that realization. What was it for you that was it your wife? Was it was it someone that you were connecting with? It was like, hey, man, if you really want to scale this thing, talk to somebody that knows how to scale this thing. I mean, what? how did that go? Froze on me a second there, Todd. Um, yeah, what what was it? I, you know, I think that I'd like to think that my wife and I are pretty humble people. And, you know, from day one, we've, we've yeah. always believed in, you know, surrounding ourselves with better people. You know, there's a lot of different, um, you know, quotes or mantras that I love. And, and one of the, the amazing podcast sure, sure. Uh, hosts that I listen to says, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself the most with. And why would I not want to surround myself I with smarter people to make, to make my average better? Right. So that's truly my belief. Right. And, um, no, I, I love, yeah. Yeah. And I just want to get out of the way of other people. I love can that, man. I, and it's so true. Yeah. I love it. It's so true. And, and I, I find that, you know, you and I both know a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of founders who are running their business and they, they get stuck, right? They, they're doing fine but they don't know how to take their business to that next level. And, and they, and then when you start thinking of exit and you start thinking, man, if I added a few more locations or if I add a little more growth, think of what my valuation could be, but they failed to pull someone in who knows how to get them to that next level. Do you see that a lot? Or is that just me seeing that? No, I think it's a lot. Um, you know, I, I'll chalk up the, the, the first thing really to pride, right? I, I think a lot of, sure owners slash entrepreneurs, they think that they have to solve all the problems themselves because, you know, of their title, their title is owner or president or CEO, totally. CEO, whatever fancy title they want to give them selves. And, right. and that's just not my mentality. You know, the, our company needs to survive past myself and my wife. And for that to be able totally. to happen, why would I not put the right people in the right seats? So our dream, which has now become other people's dreams, because they're now, you know, 86 different owners out there, you know, it has to have yeah. a long legacy and you've got to check your emotions and your pride and get that out of the way for your business to be able to thrive and succeed past your lifespan. I love it. Now, I'm really curious because I know that a lot of franchises that work tend to have people become repeat franchisors. Yeah. And and are you seeing this pattern? Are, do you have some of your franchisors opening multiple locations or what's kind of the what's kind of the pattern you're seeing with your with your own kind of subset of franchisors? Yeah, Fran yeah, so a lot of our 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 franchisees internally within Ivy Brook, they're very much they've been open for so many years now that they're now coming back to the well and signing up for a second one, which is really exciting. Um so there's nothing that says proof of concept than somebody that has already opened one, ran one for a year or two and comes back and says, it was so good. I want to do it again. So that's, that's the best validation I that I could ever receive. Uh, love it. You know, what, what are the biggest problems that I see with people trying to grow and scale is their ability to create those, those processes and use the right tools to get them to that next stage. Are you yeah. seeing, uh, you know, obviously when you are a franchisor and sorry for that franchisee slip up on the back one, but when you're a franchisor, you know, putting together systems has to be your number one thing. How do I make this repeatable? How do I get people to just walk in, plug into the system and make it work? 
do you have some advice with that? Or did you make some big problems up front that, that you fixed to make this repeatable? I love that question. Yes. I mean, and, and again, I, I probably hope this goes back to, you know, you know, showing, um, you know, don't let pride get in the way. I don't know what I don't know. Totally. And I'll tell you, uh, I know, right. I know a lot more than I did seven years ago when I became a franchisor and For 17 sure. years ago when I was a, a business owner in my mid twenties, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I had yeah. no idea. So, uh, yeah. you've got to learn along the way and you've got to improve your systems and you've got to, you have to be open-minded to be, uh, adapting and to be progressive because if you're not progressive and adapting, then I, you're just not going to evolve, right? Like how many years ago did, did yeah. nobody knew about zoom? If you go back 17 years right. ago, when we first started, there's no such thing as social media. We advertise in the newspaper. Right. How crazy is that right. newspaper? My kids right. have no idea what a newspaper ad looks like. So nope. again, just showing time and generation and, and that, and that just comes with experience, right? So yeah. the reason yeah. why people should get into franchising and, and I'm a huge believer in franchising and it doesn't have to be with Ivy Brook, just with anything. I love franchising right. because somebody has gone through all those pain points, has wasted a lot of their own money and have given somebody a blueprint for success so they can duplicate the success right. path and not the failure path. And, and, and I love really it. love franchising in any industry because it should get your, it should, it should get your learning curve, you know, way ahead of scale by doing it yourself. So, totally you know, people, totally you know, the, the only flack that I would ever hear is people say, Oh, you know, I've got to pay, you know, you know, royalties or, you know, a small percentage of top line sales, but you have to think about it. The systems and processes and put in place totally. should way make you be able to scale more than that, you know, 6% or whatever it might be from, from brand to brand. So you've, you've got to look at all the, you know, intellectual property and time and processes totally. and signage and trademarks and copyrights that have been put into place totally. uh, to be able to set people up for success. So that's why I love franchising. Especially if you're a first time entrepreneur, it's like, Hey, guess what? Here's a pattern that works. Yeah. Here's an industry that you probably like. Maybe you have kids, maybe you don't, but maybe you've been in the industry for a while. Here's a way to make this work. And they've learned all the mistakes you need to know. Right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I love it. I love it. You, you've given two great examples of, of people turning to peers, people turning to people that have been down the path that I absolutely love. And I highly recommend, like if you're a listener to this right now, and you learn one thing, you need to learn that you probably don't know everything about your business and <laughs> you, you can gain a huge value in going to a consultant, going to a, a peer who's in the same industry or even someone outside your industry and find that connectivity that you can over, you can jump over a lot of uh, pitfalls that people fall into when running a business, right? Yeah, yeah, agreed. And I think you know, and listen, I'm not a consultant. I'm, I'm education, right? That's 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 sure. my main uh, thing. And whether it's educating people on you know franchising or op entrepreneurship or Ivy Broker, I'm very heavy in the real estates space right. and, and real estate right. rentals, which someone can look me up on LinkedIn. I, I believe in delivering education and, and value to others. And just free education is out there. People can surround themselves with books and podcasts. There's so many more totally. educational outlets like yourself and your podcast that you're providing people totally. that have the ability to cut that learning curve 
I mean, significantly in half just, just by listening to your show. I think there's massive value in helping others out and being able to help them, you know, kind of fulfill their dreams. Not going to lie. I'm nerdy enough to re-listen to my own podcast episodes all the time. I, I learned so much from the people on the show. It is so much fun to hear people share these stories that you just shared with us. I really, really appreciate it. You know, a lot of us do make a lot of mistakes when we're trying to grow and scale, especially, but, but also during lunch, you know, what are some of the biggest things if you were to start over again, you know, 17 years ago, and you were to say to yourself, dude, just, just focus on these few things. Is there two or three things that you feel like you would have told yourself to, to be thinking about, be aware about as you're trying to launch into a business that's scalable? Yeah. You know, do as much research as you can, right? Obviously, you know, I just went down the whole path of education. Education is, you know, the sure. key to success, but yeah, really do your due diligence. Um, you know, get, get truly educated on the space, the industry, you know, the company, right. uh, you know, I believe in, in validation. Validation is, is a big thing. You know, the, For sure. I, I have gone through, um, you know, I, I definitely have had three, two or three easy stumbling blocks that have been life lessons. And I think I learn more from failures than successes as sad right. as that is. Right. Cause they burn, they burn deep down in you that you never want to make that mistake again. Right. And, and right, two right. of those times is probably hiring the wrong people. And, and yeah. in hindsight, why didn't I do more validation? I was just so much in a rush to like get from step A Plug to step B. In. I'm like, yeah, you know, here's, here's a check. Let's just go. And, and it didn't turn out right. So in hindsight, you know, do the validation, whether it's on a business opportunity, a franchise you're getting into in my space, you know, that I, that I have passion about a, a real right, estate right, investment right. deal, you know, do, do some fact checking and validation. Don't, don't feel, don't feel bad asking right. for references that you're no going to hurt someone's feelings because um, I, I think that's a, so, that's a game so changer. I love that. that. That's great advice, by the way. And, and those of you listening, don't just hire the people that you know, don't just hire the people that you're friends with. Make sure you're doing some validation. They actually are good at what they're hired for, right? Um, huge, huge advice right there. I love that nugget. I got to ask you though, because I, you, you've brought it up a couple of times yeah. now. And I think those of you listening who are, who maybe have been in your business for say 10 plus years as, as a business owner, you're talking about two businesses. Tell me how you balance that. What, what, you, you do real estate investment. You do this educational play. Yeah. Walk us through that. How do you keep things balanced? And when did you decide, you know what? It's okay to be a little distracted sometimes with something else. Yeah. Well, uh, here, here's how I do it. Um, there, there is, I don't have an off button, right? So I, I have great <laughs> joy out of working, I get it. which is probably a yeah. hazard, right? Like you're seeing all the signs, you know, behind it. my headshot right now, if, if listeners can't see them, you know, I've got signs that say success and hustle and execute and, and grit. I mean, th those are just kind of like my mantra. So, you know, I, I don't watch right. TV, like period. Like I don't, like I, 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 I don't have <laughs> I time it. for that. I, I would rather be, yeah. I'd rather be working and scaling Building and growing. Something. So, you know, being, being an Ivy Brook Academy franchise or, you know, that's, that's, that's job number one. There, there's no doubt I put in, you know, the, the 40 to 60 hours a week on that. But as a hobby, when it. most people sit down and, you know, watch TV or ESPN, don't get me wrong. I can catch up on sports, you know, in a nanosecond, right? right? Uh, right. But, Thank you, Twitter. But at that time, you know, I love 
I love real estate. I've, I've been in real estate since I was 19 and I've gone from residential to commercial. And now I do, I educate people about, um, rental property investments and it's an education. It's a truly a free education platform to let people know about there's passive income investing in multifamily homes out there. I sit on a board for a software company. So, you know, there's things that I love to do and, and I try to give back free, by the way, as much yeah. as I possibly can. Because guess what? It comes back tenfold because then I get to be on right. a show with you, right? And then hopefully I'm helping totally. out other people and, and you know, we're all on the same page. So I think I if people would have more opportunity to um, just give back, it's really not hard to do the right thing. It yeah. really isn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just don't understand why some folks have a hard time doing the right thing. If you do the right thing, then goodwill comes right back around to you. Amen. I never chased dollars. Doing the right thing has all brought back tenfold. Doing the right thing is one of the best investments you can ever make in yourself and your business. And I really appreciate you bringing that up. Drew, yeah. you seriously have brought up so many amazing nuggets. I cannot wait to share this with people out there. And, and Drew, I know and you know that there are, are always people in our lives who have been there that, that have helped kind of guide us and maybe mentor us a little bit. Would you mind giving a shout out to someone who's been there for you? That's kind of been in your corner to help you do what you're doing now. Yeah. First one always is my wife. She is, uh, she is my rock and, and, and my business owner and, and my partner in life and in work. So there is zero I could do in, in life and without her. And, um, she gets, she, she, she is, she is a number one for the kudos. Uh, and then, you know, my, my amazing, franchise, you know, consultants and, and, and development, uh, folks that I named earlier, Steve Bigelman with SMB advisors and Jason Barkley with brand one. I really could not have gone from two to 86 or even been in the franchise space without them. So, uh, kudos to those two guys for believing in me, uh, investing their time and energy in me and for helping me really get where I am today. Love it. Ah, great shout outs. Great info. For those of you who haven't already thought of doing this already, will you please look in the show notes and connect with Drew? He's got amazing content he puts out on LinkedIn. He's 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 doing real estate information all over the place. Check out his website. If you're interested in, interested in a franchise and you like kids, this may be something that's in your wheelhouse. Check it out. Figure out how to do it. I think this is a fantastic model. And Drew, thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. We love it. Pleasure being with you, and I really appreciate the opportunity. All right. And for the rest of you, we'll catch you on the next episode. Don't forget to leave notes down below. What would you have asked, Drew, that I didn't ask that you'd like to know? Let us know down below, and we'll catch up with you later. Thanks so much, Drew. Hey, what did you think of that? I loved it. Honestly, I've never owned a franchise. I've thought about it, uh, but I've never actually bought a franchise and ran with it. I'm curious to know how many of you have. And I'm also curious to know how many of you have thought about being a franchisor. Uh, A lot of businesses out there are not totally franchisable, but many of them are. And many of you listening have a business that might could be that way. Well, check it out. I hope you find the resources below helpful. We, uh, Drew is giving some information. I highly recommend you connect with them. And also check out our Ken's Council. TheCaptainsCouncil.com is a place where you can go as a business owner to connect with other people, your peers who are owning and operating their businesses. If you are feeling alone, if you are feeling like you got issues you can't take to your investors, issues you can't take to your people and your on your staff, 
find some peers. And thecaptainscouncil.com is just the place. We help put together uh, advisory boards of 10 CEOs in a group where you can ask those questions, play the dumb guy who doesn't know what he's doing just for a moment so your team doesn't see your weaknesses and get the advice you need from other people running and operating their businesses. There is no better place. There are no better consultants than those who are actively running and operating a business. So check it out at captainscouncil.com. Can't wait to hear from you there. We'll see you there and on the next episode of the Growth and Selling Podcast. We'll catch up with you later.